Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we explore the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. In this, our fifth season, we are looking at Joe Johnston's 2011 film Captain America, The First Avenger. I'm Andy Nelson from the Next Real Film Podcast. And I'm Pete Wright, and I am completely vibration resistant. <laughs> Today we are talking about Minute 79, which begins with Howard introducing Steve to Carbon Polymer and ends with Peggy introducing Steve to Four Bullets. Back on the show, it's Jason Dittmer, author of Captain America and the Nationalist Superhero. Welcome back, Jason. Thank you very much. I'm vibrating at a high level. <laughs> <laughs> All right. At the start of this minute, uh, uh, well, actually, before we start uh, digging in, because there's going to be a lot of stuff about uh, carbon polymers and shields and bullets and stuff, as we saw uh, a few minutes ago, Howard had been testing the Tesseract energy, the pellets, trying to figure out what was going on in here. Is there any particular reason that any of these people in the background are not working on some of the Tesseract weapons that the troops also brought in? This was something that has been plaguing me. Like, why is it they're only studying this one thing that Steve brought back, but all of the guns, the tanks, everything else that is using Tesseract energy, they're just not worrying about? Is, is Any question about that? Like, why aren't they in here studying that stuff? Because they don't have the hands and tweezers. I saw no hands and tweezers anywhere in this lab, Andy. They they are here. They are, if you look at the back when we get to later, that's the area that they tested it. It's, where it's all they're, hands they're, and tweezers. They're sweeping up. Well, they're sweeping up the mess that Howard had made earlier. So <laughs> um, He had all the tweezers in that one room, and so the explosion just ruined it. So they're waiting. That's right. That's right. I just, I think that it's weird that the only Tesseract energy they ever acknowledge actually getting from the Hydra factory is the one piece that Steve stole, not any of the other elements. It's odd. Good point. Yeah, it's. A, I mean, it's a good point. I feel like we a strongly worded letter is. I'm going to write one <laughs> in our future. I'm, I'm writing one right now, <laughs> drafting it to the writers. What is going on? All right, but the the minute actually starts with Howard introducing Steve to carbon polymer uh setting us up for potentially the clothing he's going to be making uh for Steve for his actual uniform carbon polymer i i tried to look it up i found carbon fiber and carbon fiber reinforced polymers uh not carbon polymer specifically i think that's basically what they were saying and as i alluded to um in the previous minute this is something else that hadn't been invented yet, but is kind of uh, something that is going to be invented. A modern carbon fiber, um, it, it uh, was introduced in the early 1960s. This is when they first started uh, figuring out what to do with it. I mean, technically, they had been discovering it and creating it accidentally in labs, like with light bulbs when it came to filaments, uh, carbon fiber filaments in light bulbs back in the 1879, with, like with Thomas Edison. Uh, but in context of what was going on here, um, you weren't uh, the, they wouldn't accidentally kind of create what would be the par carbon fibers that they would use for this stuff until 1958. So, well, and even still, I mean, my understanding is like, uh, you know, I believe it or not, I actually also looked up some carbon fiber stuff. And my understanding is that carbon fiber is not going to be. Uh, used as any sort of like weapon or bullet resistance. Like maybe they were researching it, but Kevlar is still so much better even today than any of that stuff. And so, you know, that's why carbon fiber with the strength to weight 
kind of ratio. It's still used for like cars, <laughs> you know, we yeah, have, airplanes. We have a lot, a lot of a lot, yeah. airplanes and and supercars and things like that. So um, I don't, I didn't find anything that says you know we're using carbon fiber right now in any sort of uh, armament or uh, you know protecting people uh, from stuff. It, it's it's still theoretical. No, they they are making it. Uh, I don't. I, well, I don't know if they're protecting people, but. Uh, you can buy T-shirts right now, carbon fiber T-shirts. They do make them. They're a little pricey. It's like 110 bucks to buy one. No, right, right, right. I'm just talking about like to to stop bullets. Oh, like, yeah. To stop no, bullets and swords and stuff. You right. go for Kevlar. In theory, carbon fiber could potentially stop a bullet, but that's not what they're using it for. Well, Kevlar didn't come around until the 70s. And so they're saying, you know, Howard's Howard's got the 50s and maybe into the 60s as far as what he's able to do at this point in the 40s. He's not quite at the 70s yet. I think that's what yeah. we're getting out of this. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, Jason, what do you think of this whole the carbon thing as far as what they're uh, leaning toward? Uh, do you buy into kind of I mean, is this basically just setting up? Hey, we just need to come up with a super suit. Is, is this kind of our hand wavy explanation? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess so. To be honest, you. I don't even know that I read it necessarily as being about his suit, um, you know, because we know he can be shot through his through his uh, uniform and so on. So, you know, I'm, I, I guess I read it as just a kind of throwaway, but I, I realize I may be really wrong. You guys, you guys have done a lot of research here. I kind of read it as a throwaway kind of gesture towards things that are, he's developing that are in the future, as you say. I don't think I'd necessarily even made the connection to his costume, but um, I'm also notoriously inattentive. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's a, and it's a, that's actually a good point. I mean, we could just be reading too much into it because, I mean, Howard does say, you know, it should withstand your average German bayonet, although Hydra is not going to attack you with a pocket knife. Uh, so I guess my assumption was, oh, OK, because they're working on his outfit. But I mean, I guess maybe I'm just reading into that because of because of the conversation. No, but I, I mean, you might be right. I think it makes a lot of sense, given this is the kind of outfitting scene, so to speak, you know. Yeah, this is Bond in Q's lab, right? Yeah. And the next thing they talk about is the shield. Right. Yeah. That's the next thing he touches. Right. I will say uh, in the script, you know, when when Howard makes a nod to the old shield, uh, shield Mark three, as we're calling it, he says, I hear you're kind of attached. And Steve, Steve says it's handier than you might think in the uh, in the script. <laughs> Howard's response to him, and this is probably one of those lines that I'm really glad that they cut out of it. So is the hotel chambermaid, but I wouldn't take her into battle. <laughs> oh, my Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. oh my god! <sighs> Some that's, lines, uh, yeah, god. yeah. That's that's pretty. That's very <laughs> retro, like to a nearly offensive stage. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think they were trying to do this a lot with Howard, and uh, I think wisely, Joe Johnston said, "Yeah, I think we can tone some of that down a little bit. It doesn't need to go quite to that extreme. It's just, uh, yeah, Thanks. the level of that is pretty gross." Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're uh, we're looking at shields now, so we get to see there are four on this table that we look at. We really are only seeing two of the shields, um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. What do you think of the designs? How do they play for you? Do they they look like options that could have actually worked? Well, I've I've got some uh, deep dive history for you guys if you're if on you're interested work? on the shield work. Yes, outstanding. It's about the original shield for like the uh, did you call it the Mark Three? The, the... Uh, well, I called the Mark Three the one that he was using the theater shield. 
one that surprisingly the for theater. a piece of theater propage oh, yes, is yes. incredibly <laughs> yeah. strong when he's fighting. He actually well, takes it into battle. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, in the comic, this whole kind of story of him having this kind of badge-shaped shield comes from one ep- one issue of Captain America, the very first issue of Captain America comics, um, which comes out about a year before Pearl Harbor. Um, he comes in with this shield and the whole in, in the whole issue, that's what he's armed with. Um, but I mentioned, I think in a previous minute that there were other nationalist superheroes at the time. In fact, Captain America is not the first one. There were a whole bunch of them coming out at the time because of the war, basically. So, um, and there was a character who predated Captain America called the shield. And he, guess what? Had a shield. (laughs) And it looked exactly like that one. And uh, so the publisher, basically, of The Shield threatened to sue Timely Comics, as it was then called. And um, uh, and so in issue number two, Captain America appears with this round shield, and the rest is history. Um, but I love that that's become kind of iconic in a way, right? That kind of people think that the early Captain America had the shield and in the movies, they've woven that in in a way, but it's literally just one issue um, and they withdrew it under legal threat, you know? So um, I, I would love it if the publisher of the shield now sued Disney, you know, to, to make, <laughs> get a chunk of yeah. the money from all the movies because no they've kidding. stolen the idea. Right. From the shield. <laughs> um, but so anyway, that's, uh, and then the, the shields that are on display are obviously kind of interesting. I think as a, as a character point, it's interesting because it, they, they have this kind of moment where, you know, he's starting to lay out the technological advantages of them all. And Steve is obviously drawn to the simplicity of the round one, which looks even simpler with, with no paint on it and everything, right? It looks oh, yeah. very yeah. just kind of stripped down and, um, and beautiful, really. So I think that, you know there's an interesting character point they're trying to make there, right? That he's a kind of straightforward hero. He doesn't need all the technology and stuff that um, that uh, you know Howard wants to give him. Um, even if, of course, it is of course a technology, even if it's a simple one, right? It's this you know futuristic alloy. Well, it's a simple one that he doesn't that that Cap doesn't necessarily need to know how to use, right? Like it just feels like there's a like he's in this lab and there's all sorts of technology happening around him, but he just wants to kind of just go for the straight. Like I know I know how to use this one already. Like I feel like it's it's kind of <laughs> like me teaching my mom how to use an iPad. You know, it's like I already know how to use this thing. Yeah. So I don't need um, electrical relays. On I the don't front need of relays to... <laughs> or flamethrowers or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. I think there's a lot to that. And to that end, in a weird, uh, I, su- I suppose you could find a draw, draw a, a similarity in the way that the scene plays out to Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade when they're talking to the knight. And it's the simple cup of a carpenter that is, the one, of course, the, the Holy Grail that they're looking for. And in that sense, there's, you know, I suppose you could say there's a comparison with, you know, this savior character that we have with Captain America here. And he goes for this thing that's more simple. He doesn't need to have something that's quite so flashy or or all Howard Stark, uh, you know, uh, modified. It's just the simple thing that he is drawn to. I do think it's uh, in the script. It's interesting. Instead of electrical relays, he says that it, it's transistorized relays. And that is something that is very, very comic booky. Um, in fact, in the comics, Tony Stark actually creates a transistorized blast gun. I think that's just a, a reference that um, they probably put in because of the Marvel history of that word tra- transistorized and just opted to not use it. Interestingly, also in the in the script, when they pull up this cart with all these different shields, they have it scripted where you actually see the half-finished shield that we did have in Iron Man 2. 
Um, I, I kind of hated that shield. I'm kind of glad that we don't have that one included here. I just, I thought it looked so silly. Like they were really trying to do something crazy with that one. What well, doesn't feel like it would ever work like that sort of framework structure. Like it never yeah. felt like they could get from that kind of scaffolding of the shield to the final shield that he actually uses and like puts through the paces. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and this is where we start talking about vibranium here and uh, <laughs> oh, bring the it whole on. world of vibranium. <laughs> yeah. But but my first question before we get into it, like, why wouldn't Howard show him this? Is it just because it's a prototype like he's still I mean, he's made it. It's he's used all this all the vibranium they have. It's sitting out here, but he seems to downplay it so much. What's your read as to like why he is is it just because he's so proud of the the electrical relays? I think I, I think it speaks to the difference between the two characters like we were kind of already saying, you know, that that Howard is about technological innovation and doodads, you know, and and Steve isn't, you know. So I think it's meant to set up that kind of contrast. Yeah, it's like not enough technology. Like if he wants to see the technology out in the field used by these soldiers, it better be like his favorite, his best. And this is just a plain piece of exotic metal. In the script, or you know, he says, in addition to it's completely vibration absorbent, he also says it should make a bullet feel like a cotton ball, which I think is kind of an interesting way to kind of describe that. And now I feel like uh, you know, I, I, we're going to have, you know, some bullets in just a, in just a moment here to talk. Can about. I, uh, this but, is a good point for me to ring yeah. in with one of my um, long time. Uh, I mean, of all the dorky things I've said over the last few episodes, this could be the <laughs> lowest point for me. So feel free to edit it out to save my dignity. You know, if you know a little physics, um, it all. So the idea of vibranium is that it absorbs energy, right? It absorbs impacts. And so on. like you just said, a bullet becomes a bit of cotton, right? Well, there's no difference actually between a bullet striking the shield and Captain America trying to pick it up or throw it because that's just both both of them are forces exerting on the metal. So in theory, Captain America shouldn't even be able to pick it up. He shouldn't be able to throw it. Uh, if he tries to throw it, it should just go a couple of inches in front of him. <laughs> I mean, it, the, the physics of it makes no sense whatsoever, you know, but they play that up over and over again, you know, like he'll jump out of a, a plane and then he'll put the shield on his feet and land on the ground with it, you know, and it's like, the, the, you, you can't have it going both ways, you know, <laughs> or one way. It's got to work in both ways. It should be completely immune to people trying to move it. Yeah, the fact that that he can then later use it and boomerang it off of other people's faces, in, yeah, yeah, <laughs> ricochet like it. It should just not even get. They to shouldn't a face, feel anything. Right? It shouldn't, shouldn't feel, feel anything. anything. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll certainly be talking a little bit more about that tomorrow when we start that uh, the boomerang because it's a uh, it is an interesting element that's added to this thing. And yeah, it's it's. It's strange, and I guess well, let's talk about vibranium deep dive in the. Marvel Cinematic Universe, in the context of the stories here, it all starts in February 1940. Howard is presented with vibranium in L.A., a metal that Stark Industries researchers had discovered in Africa. Um, and then they have been developing it. Uh, and obviously, he decided, hey, let's turn it into a shield. And that's where we are with it. In the comics, the shield actually had adamantium in it. And I... I don't know the the speculation. I don't know if I've heard anything official, but speculation is since twentieth uh, century Fox had the rights to the the um, the mutants and Wolverine, 
and all of those characters, they likely also had the rights to say adamantium. So we, we couldn't even bring it up here. So they just decided to just stick with vibranium here. In, in context of, of vibranium, I mean, you know, the, the idea of it coming from a meteor that had crashed in, in Wakanda, uh, it turns into this kind of thing that is used very fluidly uh, when they need very strong stuff in the comics. Um, in, I, I guess I specifically, let's just say, in Captain America, did you find vibranium kind of popping up in his stories often? Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the shield itself... I mean, one, I've already expressed my skepticism. I mean, even think about what you said, a meteorite of vibranium hits the earth. Well, how would you know? I mean, it it certainly shouldn't make a crater. And, uh, you know, anyway, but that's I'll set that aside for a moment and uh, and say, you know, in the comics. Yeah, it's the 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 kind of genealogy of the shield is obviously really important as it becomes a kind of fetish object in a way, right? The shield, like Thor's hammer and Iron Man's mask or something like that, are the kind of three fetish objects of the Marvel uh, cycle, right? And, you know, they're they're like sacred items that, you know, are imbued with tremendous symbolic and material power. Um, so in the comics, it's similarly kind of um, you know, almost like the role of the Constitution in American life is filled by the shield in Captain America's life, right? It's this like central thing. And, you know, who gets to wield the shield when Steve Rogers retires becomes a big thing. You know, it's like it's, it, it, it becomes a stand in for the entire idea of Captain America um, or even America itself. And both through its kind of indestructible nature, you know, much like America itself, we persevere, you know, it. Um, it's all, it's a defensive symbol, right? That it's like, you know, it's in a way obvious, like Iron Man has his suit, which is a big weapon system. Thor has his hammer, which is a weapon, but Captain America has a shield, which is, you know, something you hide behind, like we see in this minute. Um, of course he does use it offensively as we'll talk about, I guess, uh, in a bit. Um, and but similarly, the U S has a department of defense, which mm-hmm. <laughs> nevertheless seems to go on offense every once in a while. So, <laughs> You know, I think the shield is kind of doing a heavy symbolic work and then they have to explain it, of course, you know, and the the narrative in the comics, as you say, is that it's a vibranium adamantium mix, which, again, don't get into the physics of how you would make an alloy (laughs) of two things that um, and then I believe it was, you know, stabilized by some kind of um, energy ray or something like that. You know, so the idea is that it's one of a kind, even if in practice they've come up with a couple of them over the years, because, of course, any symbol that's as evocative as this has to get broken every once in a while kind of once in a generation (laughs) something happens to captain america's shield and then they have to come up with some either way to fix it or or whatever yeah i mean the vibranium element is in there i would say in some ways the adamantium bit gets played up maybe a bit more um at least in the in the comics that i read i don't uh, don't quite know Yeah, that's true. I, I mean, I think that the you know you you drop adamantium, and you have to talk about that other symbol, which is you know Wolverine's claws, of course, which in Wolverine is such a symbol of like the 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 superhero sacrifice that every time he wields these incredible claws, he is hurting himself a little bit more. And were it not for his you know his healing ability, he wouldn't be like that. Is a symbol in of itself of of you know superheroic sacrifice. Yeah. Uh, as a force for good through grief. And so Wolverine is another really interesting character. And it leads to, I think, one of the most powerful, even nay, more powerful nerd questions than would a vibranium meteorite be felt if it hit the Earth? Would Wolverine's claws 
cut Cap's shield. And uh, I don't I don't know that that is a settled question in uh, Internet nerddom. So it is it is it is settled in comics canon because they did battle (laughs) each other. And the you know, adamantium cannot cut adamantium. So. Right. um, So it's it's all good. It's all good. Okay. All right. So it's so. So someone's yes. going to call me out on that. Someone's going to write in and be like, yeah, there I, was this, this issue of you, you forgot this show is going on the Internet. Yeah, and right. so I'm sorry. sorry about that. God, the last yeah. thing I should do is make yeah. subtle canon statements <laughs> on a podcast going out to fandom. Um, well, I, I, I look forward to talking a little bit more about it tomorrow and vibranium in relation to uh, boomerang physics um but for now let's see how it handles with bullets this is this moment where peggy now comes in she's hoping to to pull steve away from uh this apparently very brief conversation he's had uh with howard stark looking at uh these shield options and this is this moment where you get this eager beaver steve like uh, try I, i feel like he's really trying to play off everything that had happened before between them and this is where he's showing off what we know now we've got shield mark four as he's showing it off it doesn't have a paint job yet but it's still looking mighty shiny and she is very icy and what does she do she lifts a gun up and shoots at him four times shooting directly at his head so lucky he's holding the shield and um i guess it's a test of vibranium i'm assuming that Peggy knew she must have kind of already seen some tests with what howard had been working on i guess um how does this play for for you yeah i think i object to it the same way that um we were objecting to some of the earlier things at the risk of being pedantic you don't just fire a gun in an army base right well remember this is this is where q learns that it's okay to do that (laughs) well that's true that's true (laughs) i suppose it's the room in which you test fire things but but still you know i i just kind of think there's no way a real um you know, uh, officer would do that, you know, because she saw him kissing someone in the previous scene. I mean, you know, it, it makes her look so peevish and like, a, you know, I, well, I guess it's the trope of a woman scorned, as you said before. Yeah, right. um, but, you know, I kind of think that it, it seems like a real break of discipline, which is kind of not her thing. You know, it seems very counter her personality. But, you know, I guess we, uh, we've given up on looking for reality and some of this stuff. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, I think they, you know, to me, the question was, do they set up effectively the can the bullets, uh, you know, do, will they be ricocheting everywhere? Like, I think they lean in pretty heavy on it, absorbs all vibrations so that when they test it, do we believe that the bullets are going to fall to the ground and, and just be all the vibration absorbed and i i think they do for me it, it doesn't take me out of the scene as insofar as my the relationship physics between steve and and peggy um questionable and i agree with you i don't think it puts her in a very good light uh, as the vindictive scorned partner it, it's a little bit gross uh, i i had they built up this relationship for me that she was better than that and here they're saying she's not better than that. She is exactly that. And just get used to it because, you know, that's who she is. So I, I'm not crazy about that. 
No. So we've established it's both the physics of the relationship that doesn't work and the physics of vibranium itself. <laughs> yes, right. everything's broken. Yeah, it's everything is, is, is broken. fundamentally broken. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, speaking to the physics of the vibranium, would it ring? Would it make that <laughs> ringing sound? Because wouldn't that also absorb? Because the ringing is essentially the vibrations moving through the surface of the metal, causing the ringing sound. But that <laughs> we wouldn't even hear right. that. It would Andy, be that's silent. the spirit. That's the spirit, yeah. Andy. I want you to just, <laughs> start questioning in. everything now, right? And you realize. It's all a big charade. Really, as soon as the bullets hit, the universe will fold in upon itself. Yeah. <laughs> will be over. There is no substance less exciting for a movie than vibranium if it actually existed as they describe it as existing. Right. Literally just, nothing would ever happen. Yep, right. It just takes everything right out. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, okay. I guess, uh, I guess this is officially Steve uh, deciding that I'm going to go with this shield. It protected me from, uh, from Crazy Peggy. And um, interestingly, it also leaves scorch marks. Uh, the bullets, you see a couple scorch marks from the bullets. Um, so I don't know. I guess I guess that's just a heat mark you can probably rub off. I'm assuming that the vibranium is not uh, damaged here. Does that make sense as a read? Because, like, why would it be scorched if, if yeah, I vibranium... Mean, it shouldn't. <laughs> it, it shouldn't be stained. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it begs the question of how you would even paint the shield, right? If you... Yeah. <laughs> If you can't put uh, force on it. It's vibration-free um, so paint. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but I mean, you know, your point about the scorch, like, that doesn't make any sense. Bullet, These bullets aren't flaming bullets or something, and they're hitting metal that's completely, you know, impervious. It, it's, what is that? You know, it, it doesn't make sense. Not, none of it makes sense. None of this makes sense. That, that's where we're left with here. Steve says none of this makes sense, too, because he's so confused as is Howard. And I think that's uh, that's where we'll leave the minute for today. Uh, so uh, unless either of you have any last comments about it, let's wrap it up and we'll come back tomorrow for another fun minute. Now, I feel like we've definitely made our mark on... Uh... <laughs> made our scorch mark on this vibranium-filled minute. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, Jason, uh, tell everybody about your book and where they can track it down and you as well. Oh, God bless you. I'm happy to plug the book. Uh, I wrote a book called Captain America and the Nationalist Superhero, and uh, you can find it on Amazon. And um, if you are interested in my mundane thoughts, you can find me on Twitter at RealJDittmer. Fantastic. Well, we will be back tomorrow to close out the week with Minute 80. Kicking off a little bit of a montage. So, uh, Pete, thanks as always. The captain does have unfinished business. (laughs) Until next time, true believers. Marvel Movie Minute is a production of True Story FM. Engineering by Andy Nelson. This season's music is Spread the News by Anthony Vega. And this season's show art is by Winston Yabo. Find the show at truestory.fm. And if your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, consider doing that for this show. <laughs>